Father, thank you. Praise you forever and ever and ever. What an incredible God you are. That you would give us an opportunity to die to our old selves and become brand new people. And then you teach us how to live this new life. Bless us right now, Father, with wisdom and discernment that will allow us to go into your word and pull from it wisdom that will allow us to grow even more today, right now in our everyday lives. We thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone say it. Amen. 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 What beautiful songs today. I, pray, I thank God for uh, praise and worship. Um, change my heart, oh God. Change my heart. Change my heart. You know, one of the great things that we're dealing with in this particular series uh, entitled The Church is the Change Agent. One of the great things that we're dealing with in this particular series is the fact that the church, meaning the people, not the building, is where we come to change. What has happened over a long period of time, we have people who can actually join a group of people for a cause, but never change. I'll give you a really great example. Historically, in 1964, there were three deacons who were at service at their church. They left early with bombs that they took over to another church and blew up that church and killed four little girls. And But these were people who were members of that church, but they were members of the church who hadn't changed to accept the wisdom of Christ, but they had a cause. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense to you. I know it's a little graphic, but I need us to understand how easy it is for us to sometimes join something for the wrong reason, but never change. So the whole concept of what Christ came to give us was an opportunity to change to actually die to the old person that you were. I don't know, that was good news for me. That old person of me needed to die. There was no doubt about it. There was no way around it. I was confused. I was conflicted because I didn't know the road to travel. I knew I was full of condemnation and shame and regret and remorse, but I didn't know how to relieve myself of those particular things until I learned in the scripture that God said, no, I brought you here so you can die. I was resurrected. So you now have the power to change. I take away the power of sin. I take away those things that held you bound. So the whole concept here is church is the change agent. We come here to change. Now, again, it has to be self-evident as well. We know ourselves better than most other people know us. Somebody say amen. So you know if you changed or not. (laughs) You know if you're still dealing with the same kind of mental attitude and nastiness or whatever. Don't want to give, don't want to give ground. You know, don't want to give up on anything. I talked to a young lady the the other day and she told me I'm not changing for anybody. Well, Christ changed for you. He changed from God to a human being and then died for you. But you're going to say you're not going to change for anybody. Guess what? You're not going to be surrounded by anybody. Pretty soon. <laughs> you're going to be all by yourself because again, people 
get tired of that. Hopefully this is making a little bit of sense. So what we're going to do right now is just dig into some scriptures that I think will enlighten us and give us insight about the power to change, the ability to change. I've heard people say, you know, I'm Italian. I got that, you know, I got that red hot blood. I can't, you know, that's just in my nature. No, no, you can change. No, we all can change. You know what I mean? Well, I'm Irish. I don't, you know, I, such a, I mean, we just come up with all kinds of stuff. But the reality is nothing is stronger than the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus washes us clean. And that blood has been shed that we will have the opportunity to change, to be a different person, to be a better person. So let's have some fun right now. It says the power to change is provided by Christ. The power to change is provided by Christ. So we're going to start off reading Romans chapter 3 in the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 3, we're going to begin to read at verse number 23. And I'm just going to say this. Satan has this ability to try to intimidate people at times. And he's trying to intimidate me today with coughing. I'm not coughing today. So Satan can go to H-E double hockey sticks. Y'all hear me? Praise the Lord. Okay. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And it reads as follows. It says, for everyone has sinned. Guess what? Everyone is everyone. There's nobody outside of this particular circle. So for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all fall short. I need us to understand this as well. It didn't say that some fell shorter than others. Somebody talked to me this morning. I, I need you to understand that because sometimes in that competitive Christianity mentality, we would like for people to think that their sin is worse than my sin. It says we all fall short. Didn't say some fell shorter than others. We all fall short. Get out of this sin measurement issue. That's over. Jesus died for all sin. Somebody say amen. So listen closely. It says, can we go back to that verse, brother, please? For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. Wow. What an incredible God that is. He did this through Christ Jesus, when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. The totality of God's salvation plan just totally blows my mind. Because he is the creator of the earth, the creator of mankind, he had recorded sins after Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, sin was recorded by God all the way through time. But he didn't make those people pay for their sins because they didn't have a savior. 
They didn't have a mediator. They didn't have someone to stand in the gap for them. I don't know about you. That shows the totality of his incredible love for us. Now, listen, if he didn't punish those peoples for their sins in that past, we're talking about like a 2000 year period before the coming of Christ. Those people were not punished for their sins. But here you are beating yourself up over something that is paid for right now. I don't, I don't know if you, y'all hear me this morning. <laughs> You're killing yourself over something that is absolutely 100% paid for. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do with this concept because it, it, it's important for us to understand. All of those people didn't pay for their sins until the coming of Christ. They get a chance to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when they do, guess what happens? They are made right with God because of his blood. So how about you? Have you been made right? Oh, yes, you have. Now it's time to begin to appreciate or bring that into your life and incorporate it into your everyday life. You have right standing with God. Say, well, Pastor Ben, why do I have right standing? So you are free to serve the living God. See, if we put the cart before the horse, you're going to have a problem. And that is, if you think you can work to make yourself right with God, then you're never going to be able to attain that. You'll be like that little, what's that animal you got? People had it as a pet and they kept it in a little jar kind of thing and it had a wheel. Hamster, is that what that was? And it runs and runs and runs and runs. And that's cruel that you would put that little animal and make it run around. And it doesn't go anywhere. It stays in the same place. And that's the concept of us as Christians. If we think there's something I can do to make myself right with God, I'll be doing something that has no ability, that has no power. So when I accept Jesus Christ, I am made right with God because of the blood of Jesus. Now I understand that this blood has freed me from the penalties of my sins. So I can now work for God free of shame, work for God free of condemnation, work for God free of those things. But I continue to keep growing. So it's progressive. Does this make sense to anybody today? I hope so. Listen, let's read this last verse. It says, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead. Go ahead, God. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So my faith in Jesus being whom God said he is, I receive that. I am then saved. Then I am made right with God again. Not that it makes me better than anybody else, but it allows me to be free. Most Christians aren't free. 
Have you ever seen the movies where somebody, you know, some, some great saint, they would call him of God, would do something wrong and they go in their room and get out a whip and get down on their knees and beat themselves. Listen, if you could beat sin out of you, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. He'd have just sent some whips to everybody. <laughs> and, we could, and we could have had a good old whipping party. You know what I mean? You could probably hire somebody to whip you as well. It doesn't work that way. It's the blood, the shed blood of Christ does what? Cleanses us and makes us right with God for the purpose of removing the penalty of our sin and then freeing us that we can serve. Serve people. Now, why is this good news? Because people need to know that the quagmire of filth that they're living in can be removed. They need to know that there's something great, powerful, cleansing. But the only way they'll know that is because of us. So you can't go to somebody looking like you've been baptized in lemon juice, expecting them to be excited about your presence. You've got to go to them carrying this glorious thing of knowing I've been made right with God, not because of what I have done, but because what Christ has done for me, and then that levels the playing field. The person you're going to is not competing with you for right standing because they don't have to. They go to Christ, and Christ gives them right standing. Is this making sense? Praise the Lord. This is what we need to teach people. This is what we need to receive to make sure that we can live. You know, the body of Christ in our country, around the world, we've kind of added to our misery because we failed to stand on the word. You've been made right because of Christ. You have been made right because of Christ. Well, what, do, I, I, what about what I did last night? God never sleeps nor slumbers. He knows exactly what you did last night. And his blood has still made you right. What you need to do is come to a place that teaches you how to continue to grow. How to continue to hear the news that you've been freed from that addiction, freed from that thing that's been holding you bound. You have been set free. Christ removed the power of that addiction so you can step into this new life, step into this new way of living. And then we become that light that shines back into the darkness where the other people are to give them the power to come out of it. Because if they said, if God can do that for Ben... He can do that for anybody. <laughs> if God can do that for you, he could do that for anybody. Does that make sense? Let's read another verse. Christ has the power to set us free. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to begin to read the verse number 1. Again, the New Living Translation. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Not a question. This is a statement. Since you have been Raised to new life with Christ. Do what? Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Begin to see yourself right with God. Not in some superior kind of way. I'm not better than anybody else. 
<laughs> I'm saved. <laughs> I am saved. Thank God. I am saved. Does this make sense? So it's important that we get it because now my sights, I can begin to see. I can begin to perceive what I'm supposed to do because I'm free to do that now. So set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. I don't know about you, but when I was deep in my condemnation and my shame, did I think about heavenly things? Oh, no, I did not. No, I did not. But now we're free to think about these heavenly things. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Okay, sidebar time. Everybody ready? <laughs> Satan knows this verse. So what will he do? He's going to make sure that your mind is bombarded with stuff of the earth. He's going to make sure that it is in front of your face, in your ears, before your eyes, all of that stuff about the earth. So I'm here to tell you today who created heaven and earth. God did. Who has complete, total authority and power over everything? God does. Did God promise you something? Yes, he did. He promised you that you would live with him for eternity. He promised that there would be no power on earth stronger than him. Did he not promise us that? Well, then Satan's job in this particular instance is to get your minds off of heavenly things, get your mind off of that eternal power and put it on a temporary problem and you make the temporary problem an eternity in your spirit. Boy, I sure hope y'all are hearing me today. And you get stuck. And I mean stuck. There are some people stuck. Listen to me. The power of heaven. Remember the prayer? Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you. That is like food for my spirit. So that means his power, his will will be done on the earth. Well, pastor, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And I'm worried about this. That's Satan's thing. That's what he wants you to do. Worry about something that you can't change for one, but you've already been promised victory over. Oh, I better get away from that. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. For you died to this life. If I had a cheer, I'd sit down right now. <laughs> because it's important for us to get this. You either died to this life or you're clinging on to those earthly concepts and problems that will consume you. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So, if you don't die, then the earth concepts and problems will consume you. 
But if you die to those things, then the heavenly blessings will begin to consume you and you'll stand above those things and then have the power to reach back into darkness and pull people out of that darkness who are stuck, who are being consumed by the earthly things. Every four years, there's going to be another election. Every four years. If you get consumed by that concept, guess what happens? You'll either cry on election night or be jubilant on election night. And the whole time you have joy that Christ paid for. No matter if the situation you're facing is good or if it's bad, you have joy that Christ paid for. But if you get consumed by that every four year event, you're going to be in trouble. Let me move on. It says, and when Christ, who is your life, who's my life? Christ. Why? Because I died. And because I died, I was emptied of everything. Christ then moves into me through the Holy Spirit. So, and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory, in all of his glory. So put to death this sinful, excuse me, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Before, this was a monster that drove you. But when you died, when you died, Christ moved into you. These things can't hold him. Now they can't hold you. So when that feeling or that desire or that concept comes up, turn to Jesus. Turn to him. Give yourself over to him. Become a slave to him. He gives you the power to overcome the stuff that used to control your life. I love this stuff. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater. idolater, Worshiping the things of this world. I want more. I want more. I need more. I need more to ask Nelson Rockefeller one time. And he was the richest man on the planet Earth at that time. Excuse me. They asked him, how much more money do you want? He said, all I want is more. But you're the richest man on the planet. All I want is more. So then money becomes your God. I need you to balance this thing. You know what I want? I want more wisdom. I want more truth in my life. I want the ability to be able to speak in a way that helps somebody change the way they think. I want that treasure to grow in me. That's what I want. I got a house. Somebody would come along and say, you know, you need a bigger house. Well, we got two bedrooms and two bathrooms and we got two people. I think that's pretty cool for us. You know what I mean? That's pretty cool for us. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but right now I'm just as happy as I can be. Two people, two bedrooms, two bathrooms. Don't need more. 
But you've got to be satisfied. You've got to be satisfied because if not, then you become greedy. And that means you're going to have to either want something that somebody else has and you become envious. Does this make sense today? But we're free of all of these things. Let me finish reading. It says, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life (laughs) was still part of this world. Hallelujah. So whenever your life is still part of this world, these things still have power in your life. I died when I came to about the cry. (laughs) When I came to this conclusion, when I came to this point in my life, I knew there was no other avenue for me to travel but to die. To die and then be resurrected brand new. There was no other avenue because to try to do this my way, I failed constantly. I wanted a new life. Christ said, I have provided for you the power to have a new life. Come to me. I said, I'm coming. I'm done. (laughs) Where else can I go? I'm coming to you. Listen, it says, but now is the time to get rid of anger. I talked to some folks that were super angry, super angry, rage. I mean, full of rage, malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. Where does this stuff come from? It comes from not getting your way. And because it doesn't work out the way you want it to work out, then you must Fall victim to these behaviors. It says, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Now, this is the part that becomes super important. That's why this thing is called the church is the change agent. This is where people come to just brand new. To put on their new nature. To learn how to die and then how to become alive in Christ. So think about this. We have this group of people. And in this group are people who are on this progressive movement towards growth. They have given up their old sinful behaviors and now they're growing in love. They're growing in compassion. They're growing in right standing. They're growing in justice. They're growing in all of these particular areas. So when somebody new comes into the body, then they have a road map to travel. They got steps that they can take to follow other people who are growing. I don't want to be mean and evil and nasty at home anymore. I don't want to be mean and nasty to my spouse anymore. I don't want to be mean and nasty to my kids anymore. Then you come to this church that has the power to change and people teach you how to die to that stuff and then grow in something new. Does this make sense? This is what church is supposed to be. Let me go on. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. 
and he lives in all of us. We want to get rid of what they call racial turmoil and all that kind of stuff. Let's be Christians. Let's follow what the scripture says. It doesn't matter if you're barbaric. It doesn't matter if if you come to Christ. Christ says, die, become brand new. Then you can love your brother and sister no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what they look like. This is what the scripture is telling us. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. See, this is what I love about God. He tells you to do something. He'll give you the the, the further instructions. He'll lay it out for you. So now you're supposed to clothe yourself in tenderhearted mercy. Mercy is you didn't get what you deserved. Hmm. So if I'm going to close myself with tenderhearted mercy, then that means when I deal with somebody who I think deserves hell (laughs) and they accept Christ, then they don't get what they deserve. They get what I got. Mercy. Boy, I sure hope this is making sense to y'all today. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, he must, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow. Again, I don't have to tell you, you know, you know personally that you fall short in these categories. You know you are. And you know now how to accumulate these good things into your life. But you're going to have to take your eyes off of earthly things and put them on heavenly things. You're going to have to take your eyes off of the things you can't control but want to control and put them into the hands of God who controls everything. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. I said anyone. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. Anyone who offends you. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. How fast do we forget we've been forgiven by God? We were, we were born Christians, right? (laughs) I never did anything wrong. Not me. No, never did anything wrong. Remember some lady told me one time, you know, a cigarette never touched my lips. No, no wine has ever touched my lips. Uh, my parents told me to be in the house at 11. I was in the house at 1050. I said, well, you lying right now because I know that's not all true. And that lie eliminates everything else you just said. Again, what beautiful stuff this is. It says, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Above all the other tenderhearted mercy, all that other stuff, clothe, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Rule where? In your hearts. For as members of one body, which is the body of Christ, you are called to live in what? Called to live in what? 
peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ (laughs) and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord. Would you want Jesus to come back right now and judge how well you're representing him? I'm thankful. I know I don't do this right, but here's the beauty of it. He didn't expect me to do it right. That's why somebody else had to pay for my sins. Somebody else had to die for me. But I earnestly and sincerely want to be his representative. I want to represent Christ, not Ben. I want to represent Christ, not Ben. And there are some struggles that happen in my life because there's some things that I know are 100% wrong and I don't want to be a part of those particular things, but I can't fight that battle the way I want to fight it. I must fight it the way Christ wants to fight it. And Christ is the kind of savior who walks into a community and sees Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus up in a tree and calls him down out of the tree. Calls out this guy who is who is ripping other people off and doing all those things. And he said, I must have dinner at your house. And then Zacchaeus called every other sinner and they all came to Zacchaeus' house and they had dinner. That's who I want to be. I want to be able to represent Christ in that way. Sometimes it's hard because I'm a human being and I don't like some stuff. I don't like some things that are said or that are done. But listen to me. I serve a God who said he's going to make all things right. There's going to be a day (laughs) that he will call people from every tribe and every nation. And they'll all be dressed in white robes standing around his throne. I know our God is real. I want to represent that. But what is that going to require from me to know that my sins are paid for and they no longer have the power to hold me captive. And now I can change my clothes. I can dress in something different. I can dress now in tender hearted mercy. We're almost done. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, the father. Going to be a representative? I said, are you going to be a representative? Then that means you're going to have to stop being afraid. I think about just the other day, we honored 9-11, 20 years later, 9-11. I remember the camaraderie that rose up in this country. That rose up all across this country because somebody attacked us. I remember how people fought together and dug and moved rocks and prayed and did those kind of things. But I also remember this. The fire department and the police department both had radios. But they never operated on the same channels. 
the sheriff's department, the MTs, the, the, the medical response people. They all had radios, but they never shared the same station. So they couldn't hear the calls that were made by the fire department. The police department couldn't hear the calls made by the medics. This was a really confusing kind of set of circumstances. But because of that catastrophe, they now have this combined radio thing that works in a time of trouble. Oh, I don't think y'all understand me today. We got Christians who won't worship with other Christians because they speak in tongues or because they dance or because they sing loud or they, they, they don't sing contemporary songs. They only sing, sing hymns. We got people who won't worship with each other and we only have one body. We only have one response team, one representative team. That's all we really have. We have to stop this nonsense of not communicating with each other so we can work with each other to save the people that are lost. But that's going to require us to put on a different set of clothes. You can't wear hate and rage and anger and slander and expect somebody to run into your arms. They may run to you, but it won't be for a hug. (laughs) You want to make sure you represent Christ and not you. But the only way to do that, you gotta die. Brothers and sisters, I got another verse. I'll save that for another week. I'm going to let you go because I need you to think about this this week. Are your mind and heart on heavenly things? Or is it still stuck on earthly things? I'm here to tell you, nothing is ever going to work out the way you want it to. (laughs) So, there's an old saying I use all the time. Unrealistic expectation brings high frustration. (laughs) Say it one more time. Make sure you get it. Unrealistic expectations brings high frustration. But when you can let go of those expectations and latch on to what God has called us to do, he doesn't fail. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I'm excited about being able to share a couple more segments of this particular series with you. And I pray that it's been beneficial to you. Change clothes this week. (laughs) Go on, change clothes. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week.